Here to discuss all things NRL, AFL, and anything sports related. Please give a warm Aussie g'day to the footy fanatic and America's own Corey Jackson in Outside the Sheds. Greetings, salutations, and yes, you're at the right place, the right time, and you better bring your A-game because welcome to Outside the Sheds. I'm your host, Corey Jackson, and I hope you're all still coming down and about ready to ramp it back up with that playoff buzz, that feeling that you might have if you've, if you've doubled down with a double cappuccino, an espresso, and chased it with a monster. That's the type of buzz you better have going through you right now, Shedheads, because we are one week into the finals for the AFL, and we've got three teams playing for one spot in the NRL to make the finals. So if you can't get excited about that, uh, put that mirror underneath your nose, and let's see if we've got some condensation on that thing. And because if you're not living and you're not feeling this, I'm really worried about you. I really am. And I'm a big fan of zombie movies. So if you're a zombie, I've got no problem with that. I just need to know to keep my distance and to make sure that you have your mouth guarded. But what I'm saying is I love this time of year. Over in America right now, you know, besides us acting like COVID doesn't exist, it is almost the beginning of our football season or our gridiron so that's kind of cool. I uh, get to see a bunch of players lose their jobs yesterday because of the cuts in the NFL. But it's an exciting time. But it's more exciting for us that actually know what's going on down under and love the games of rugby league and Aussie rules football. Because I, I since this has been a part of my life, it's just added so much to it uh, for September and, 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 and July. You know, I used to not care about July because it was boring. Uh, now it's one of the most pivotal times uh, in my life because everyone's sitting up for their playoff run. So I hope you're enjoying it. I hope you guys are listening what we're talking about, Shedheads, getting excited, learning about these teams that are getting ready to go on this journey that we're getting ready to experience with them. But it's a lot of fun. Before we go any farther, let's go over these picks and let's go over these games from this last week in the NRL. We went five for eight, so we're still ahead of the 50% range. Uh, you know, we ramp it up this time of year. We get it going. We start getting those picks. We get stronger. We follow things. So we did well last week, not as well as we could. Um, I don't know anybody who picked the Eels to come over. Uh, let's not get into that. Let's just go into these scores. Starting it off, 15-14, Knights over the Titans. Again, another close match. The Titans lost that they're probably going to need and which will probably keep them out of the finals. Mitchell Pierce. Again, showing his clutchness, he still has not lost. I think that's six in a row that he's won with uh, Clifford next to him in the Habs. I think that's a great pairing. It's a little strange to still hear there's buzz going around. that The Catlin's Dragons are creeping around there for maybe Mitchell to come over and take James Maloney's spot over there in the south of France. Um, I know the Bulldogs are around there. All of a sudden, some, a little, some, some rumblings have come up about about uh, uh, Sticky and and the Raiders maybe, um, kind of seeing what Mitch's interest might be to come to the capital. But uh, Mitchell Pierce, I think, knows he's only got a few more of these left, so he's got to make them count. Raiders 28, Warriors 16. The crazy thing about this is, if it wasn't for COVID, we would not be talking about Jordan Rapana. And Jordan Rapana 
who went over to to Japan to play to start a rugby union career, left the Raiders because of COVID. Comes back home. The Raiders know his importance to the team. They bring him back, and it's taken him a little bit, but he's rounded himself into form, and he's a key component if the Raiders really are going to make this push to make and, and and to not to lock down that number eight position. And he showed out in that game against the Warriors. Uh, and I think he's only going to get better. And, and the, the the real question is, do they have enough to get over the line to get into the finals? Which everyone thought for sure was a no-brainer. The Raiders are going to be there. But Rapana showed out in this game, stepped his game up. It was good to see Chance uh, Nichols-Klockstad come back. So, really nice. The match everyone's still talking about, Rabbitohs 54, Roosters 12, as you can guess, we're going to really delve into this one here as we go over a recap. But like I said, the game heard around the world. Cowboys 38, Dragons 26. The losing streak ends. Todd Payton's boys finally get themselves a victory. The Dragons' woes continue as we watch them play younger and younger players to see where they're going in the future, you know we've got some some key play pieces coming in. Moses Mbai is going to be there next year. So we'll have to see what happens with the Dragons. But a season that started with such promise is kind of ending, ending with a thud. So uh, Dragons go down. Sharks 24, Broncos 16. The Sharkies stay alive. Uh, the Sharkies doing this without their captain. Everyone forgets, you know, Wade Graham isn't there. He hasn't played since his head knock. You know, he's hanging out on the Matty John show. But it, it's 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 really, really fascinating to watch the Sharks. A, a gritty team. You know, they lose Sean Johnson. You know, Matt Moylan's been in and out. Dukes is doing Dukes things, not even with the side. But they continue to find a way to drag you into the deep waters and, and try to drown you and bite into you with their teeth. A, just a gritty, gritty team. And they have... They, 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 how should I say this? They control their own destiny, which every team wishes they could do. I'm saying the Titans would love to say they control their own destiny, but the Sharkies do. And we'll, it's very, very interesting. I'm very excited to see what they do going up against the Storm this weekend. Eels 22, Storm 10. If it really wasn't for the Roosters and, and the Rabbitohs match, this is the game everyone would be talking about. Uh, the streak gets broken. The, the, the Parramatta Eels, that a boy, Dom, the Parramatta Eels pulling themselves off the mat. I guess everybody should be sent to the, to the beach for a week to, to get that camaraderie going. Um, but it worked, you know, and in a team that I, I, I didn't get the stats or the, or what the odds were for them to actually beat the storm, but they did it and they played a sound, sound defensive scheme. They played well. It was a little concerning to see uh, the pelvic thrust uh, going off the field. Very, very ginger in their captain. But uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see if uh, if Clint Gutherson is... We know he's not playing this week. Mitchell Moses isn't playing this week. A lot of players and a lot of the big clubs are not going to play this week. But Gutho says he's fine. We'll have to see. But an incredible performance by the Eagles. Sea Eagles 36, Bulldogs 18. You know, once again, the Tom Travojevic show. Travojevic driving a sob. That's what we should call it. Um, but it, what do you say about this guy? Truthfully, Shedheads, I could pick 
Tom Travojevic to be one of my guns every week. That's the season this guy's having. And you would, and you pretty much would have to say that Manly would easily be in the top four, easily in the top four, if Turbo doesn't miss the beginning of the season. Because he's been dominant since he's come back. Another dominant performance. And those young guns that we talked about a few weeks ago on Outside the Sheds, with Saab, him, Garrick, his brother, you know, Manly is really, really, they're really set for the future. And I know DCE and, and Kieran Foran aren't getting any younger, but they're playing with some youth because they're feeding off of that youth on that Manly side. And then the game that ended out, the misery continues. Panthers 30, Tigers 16. Uh, Tigers fans are not able to sling insults and love towards uh, Big Ivan Cleary in the box after the Tigers get dismantled again. I'm saying they can, they, you know, you kind of feel sorry for the Tigers. They, they really start and they try hard to begin with. And, and then there's just a certain point where either they don't have it anymore or they just fall off the cliff. But one way or the other, they tumble. And the Panthers looking like they're really a team that looks like, that looked like they were really in trouble a few weeks ago. We didn't know when Nathan was going to come back. Nathan Cleary, Nathan's back. Jerome Luai's firing. Brian Tao, again, being Brian Tao, coming back early from his ankle surgery and injury. The Panthers look dangerous, extremely dangerous. And they have a chance to win the minor premiership this weekend when they go head-to-head. The winner uh, of the remaining teams between them and the Storm, one of those two are going to win it. Um, And it's just going to be interesting to see with the Storm resting players and the Panthers really pretty much putting a full side together to go out there and to do some destruction this weekend. So, that's the scores. Let's go into a little bit more detail about the rundowns. How do I just, how do I say this? The Bunnies and the Roosters just, it was turned up to an 11. That's the only thing you can say about it. On the Richter scale, this was an 11. Latrell Mitchell's dangerous contact hit on Joey Manu, it was a very crazy play because I did not, no one knew this, I, you know, and, and so you have to feel for the referee because it looked like just very, very solid and strong contact in the tackle by Latrell, right? And yeah, Manu, you know, spun out like a car, but it didn't look like a lot until they slowed it down. So you can, you can really, you really can't fault the, the, the match official on the field for not knowing what had happened, okay? And no one knew what happened until Manu ran in and confronted Luttrell about the hit. Now, if you go back and look and pay attention, you can definitely see that Joey Manu's cheek is creased. Even before it starts to blow up, you can see that it's, it's caved in a little bit. And that's why I knew something was wrong before it started to inflate and to fill up. But Joey Manu, from that hit, had to have surgery, three metal plates inserted into his cheek, and he's gone for the rest of the season from injury. And then we turn back around, and because of loading and because of some other play earlier this season, the Bunnies lose Latrell Mitchell. So you've got a game where one play probably just cost two teams a chance of winning a flag, being premieres, and being the kings of the hill. 
Now, a lot of people weren't expecting the Roosters, the Chookies, to win it anyway. I'm saying with all the losses they've had this season. You know, we, we the season been so long, we've almost forgotten that Luke Keery hasn't played almost the entire season, right? And how good of a player he was going into this season and how he started this season. But somehow, Robbo has continued to get his forces going, continue to get them flying. But the loss of Luttrell probably sends Adam Reynolds... And, and Coach Wayne Bennett, Dirty Clint Eastwood, out without a championship this year, without a premiership. And that's sad. And the, and, and, and the scenes on the field, you know, things that have come out now since, you know, Latrell being an ex-chook, there were some really heated conversations. And, and I think, you know, people have said this, we're probably lucky that Victor the Inflictor, JWH, Jerry Maria Hargraves, were not on the field, Adam. You know that that Crichton wasn't on the field because this could have gotten to some serious nastiness. Could have broken out from that hit, and and it's not just that it was a hit. It was a hit from an, a, 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 a a chook, a guy that won two premierships with that club, a guy that a lot of people feel should have stayed with the Roosters for how they looked after Latrell. But Latrell doesn't stay there and instead goes to their their vicious rivals, right? So it's always heightened now when Latrell plays. And then Latrell scores a late try and spikes the ball down on a player that tried to make a tackle, which infuriated people even more. I'm going to tell you this right now, Shedheads. This match next year, and there's a chance that these two teams could, could meet in a couple weeks. But if that doesn't happen... Can you just imagine the buildup we're going to have? I'm talking this is this next match between the Bunnies and the Roosters are, is going to crush TV ratings in Australia. I'm saying we're talking numbers that are probably going to pass origin. And and we none of us know what to expect. And and yes, it's not going to be as brutal as violent, I guess you can say until Luttrell comes back on the field. So it might not be until the second time they meet that the fireworks really kick off because you know JWH and those boys are going to take a run at Luttrell. And it's going to it's just going to be it, the build up for that game. I can I can't even wait. I can't even put into words how excited I am. But that is the talking point right now from this last this last uh this last round is the two teams because of a tackle and I have to tell you something, Shedheads. I know there's been a lot of debate on if it was a dirty hit or not. I don't think it was a dirty hit. I think that Latrell does things violently, that he comes into tackles violently, that he he comes, he hits to hurt. Now, when somebody says they hit to hurt, that doesn't mean I'm hitting to hurt you to knock you out, but I want you to feel the impact of my tackle. And Latrell hits like that always. The problem with Latrell, he has other indiscretions of lashing out with his foot, of hitting David Nafaluma in the face with his forearm, where Nafaluma now comes out. Didn't it make a big deal then, but Nafaluma has come out saying he thought his jaw might have been broken after that contact. But Latrell just plays on an edge. And everyone said it. You probably heard it all week. Latrell plays on an edge. And the Rabbitohs and, and teams that play with them don't want him to change but if you don't have him change in some ways, you're not going to have him in some of the most key moments of your season. And that's what I think what everyone's talking about here.
that this that this situation is so it, it can be so bad that you know you know what can you say that it's just it just doesn't it, it it just keeps people and holds them back but um it's gonna cost it's gonna cost the it's gonna cost the bunnies and i think we all know that you know even though i'm gonna go into detail a little bit later in the 4020 on who's gonna replace him i just don't think that you've got to have that edge the latrell brings for the bunnies to win this championship and this premiership well the other big story since no one else is talking about it the second for the second time this season the eels have beaten the storm so as finals marches on we only know one team that feels very confident playing the melbourne storm and that's the Parramatta eels and the crazy thing is they may never get another shot at them this season because how it looks on paper there's a very strong possibility that Parramatta is going to finish outside the top four. And, you know, they're going to have a tough, tough match. You know, they could match up with Newcastle or they could match up, you know, against the number eight seed, who we don't know who that is yet. But I've got to tell you something. My big thing about it was, for one, it was great to see Blake Ferguson back in the side, playing well, getting two tries. And I think Fergo is going to be a key piece if Parramatta want to keep marching on. I think we all know that. He brings a lot. And I and I love Fergo. Him and his crooked nose and his backflips. Hell of a player. Has a fire about him. I followed Fergo since he was back with the Raiders. Uh, he's just one of those special players. And now that he's got his life sorted out, he's even more dangerous and dynamic. But I really feel the real loss to me was the naming of the side from Bellyache. Because I really, if you watch Ryan Pappenhausen earlier in the season, Shedheads, you know, Pappenhausen was the guy everyone talked about. I, I was on this I was on this podcast saying that Pappenhausen was one of my favorite players. You know, his unbridled just speed, his, his non-care, him just flowing down the field with that party in the rear, flopping on the back, on his back as he's running down the field. Pappenhausen was straight energy and fire, right? But since he got taken out, he's not been the same player. Since he's come back from his head, uh, his head injury and his, his his concussion, he's been a little tentative. He's he's he seemed like he's a little. I don't want to say. I don't want to use that word scared, but he just seems hesitant to get into contact at times. And and then you see how Nico Hines is fitted in there, and the combination with Jerome Hughes. How they've totally, that spine is totally, I don't want to say veered away from from Munster. But Munster hasn't had to be the player that's had to stand up with, uh, you know, players missing and really taking that side and control it. He's been a great player like he is, but he hasn't had to be the dominant player. And I really think that the bellyache needs to start Nico Hines. I think also that you've got to put the hectic cheese back as the starting nine. I just think that for whatever reason, the cheese until, you know, I know everyone loves Harry Grant, but Harry Grant provides a dynamic coming off the bench with the way that he likes to run from the dummy half position. And then you can move, if you want to move the hectic cheese, the lock or give him a break or whatever you want to do. But starting Harry Grant, putting Pappenhausen back at fullback, 
they just seemed like they were they were missing something. You know, it was kind of like when you have your favorite meal and you're chewing it and you're like, it's missing an ingredient. What did I forget to put in it? And that's what it felt like. It just felt like they just weren't firing when I watched that match. They just couldn't get going. And and I and I they did a shot to, of of Nico Hines sitting on the sideline there and I was like, there's the reason right there. And and not that Harry Grant played bad, but he just didn't he didn't have that same definitive impact on the game like he does when he comes in as a sub. And, you know, you have the hectic cheese running out of the dummy half and just mixing things up. They're a different side without those two guys starting. And I think you're going to see Bellyache revert back to putting his spine back together the way it was. And I think you're going to see the storm go forward. Now, the only problem is they don't have a lot of rounds to get this back. And did he stunt that team too much by making those moves when he should have never had those moves made in the first place, now you've got to get them back into cohesion. And that's what we're going to have to see because, you know, he's going to be resting players this weekend, which he has every right to. So we're not able to maybe see until the first round of the playoffs, you know, to week one, how well and how quickly the Storm get back to their lethal best if he fixes the spine the way that it was when they were flowing in the middle of the season. So it's going to be interesting to see but again, are we really going to, any of us going to sit here and call Bellyache into question if he can fix this thing and get them flaring? But like the great hectic cheese Brandon Smith says itself, just pray for their souls. Pray for their souls and we'll see what happens. Now, as we go into the 40-20, um, as the season ramps down like that, you know you know when people are talking about one of the stories for the week is how crazy Mad Monday is going to be uh, for the teams that are actually finished their season here this weekend. But... Um, Again, I think the big thing coming into the 40-20 is the carryover, once again, from the Bunnies and the Chooks match, and that starts with with Trent Robinson. I actually stayed up until almost 10 a.m., not sleeping, um, after the proceedings and everything happened, to watch the press conferences between Robbo and Wayne Bennett uh, to see what these guys said. And that press conference that Trent Robinson had, I agree with 100%. Now, Robbo was fined $40,000 for his remarks, but it was brilliant, him calling uh, the the bunker a carnival show and what type of music they're listening to upstairs. Because I've, I've said this all year. I, I've said that the game has not felt comfortable, has not felt right since the, the Hutchinson, uh, you know, Dylan Brown knees to the, you know, and snapping of his ribs and all that from that, that fateful match that we had when there wasn't enough action made uh, by the bunker. And that's why we're where we're at today with this game. It looks like it doesn't know where it wants to go and how it wants to play and how it wants to rule and, and officiate. And again, we can blame the bunker because if the bunker would have come down hard with the, with the sliding knees of Brown into Hutchinson, we wouldn't be where we're at right now. So a lot of this can always be put on the bunker. And for Trent Robinson and the Roosters to be still fined $40,000, even though it's proven that everything he said was true, because, you know, Paranara has been stood down now for at least this week in the bunker. And so if, if, if he's saying lies, if he's saying things that don't make sense, why is the NRL doing things, uh, the officiating committee doing things 
that he's talking about. It makes no sense. So I guess you're just going to find guys if they say things publicly that you don't like and makes you look bad. And that looks weak. That looks really, really weak. I think at the most the NRL should have done is sent down a warning to him. But when you agree with him by all the actions that you do, is the guy really wrong? I don't think any of us are going to say that he's wrong because all of us think he's right. So I'm so proud of Robbo for standing up and saying what he did. It was a blistering press conference. If you don't have it, if you haven't seen it yet, please find a way to find it. I know they still have it on the uh, NRL website, I think, and then definitely on the NRL app. So check that out. Um, but it was it was brilliant. But love Robbo. But I don't know. I think he might be in trouble with all the Laos players that he's got. Now. What makes this weekend exciting, Shedheads, that, 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 that I'm going to be intrigued into is three teams battling for that number eight position. You've got the Sharks, the Raiders, and the Titans. And this is going to shape up to a barn burner this weekend. It starts tonight, tomorrow morning, however you want to say it, with this Roosters-Raiders matchup. All right? Because the Sharks know a couple things. And it could come down to point differential and uh, in a lot of different mathematical equations if it's not settled on the field. But the first thing that has to happen to make this exciting is the Raiders have to beat the Chooks tonight. Now, if the Raiders beat the Chooks, now it carries over to the Sharks and the Storm. Because if the Sharks find a way to beat the, a, 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 a Storm team that's resting quite a few players, the Sharks are automatically in. So the only thing the Sharks have to do is win. And everything else is moved. Everything else is out the window. But if the Sharks lose and the Raiders win, the Raiders are in. Now, you're probably asking me now, what about the Gold Coast Titans? Shed Adamas, what about the Gold Coast Titans? Well, I will tell you, the Gold Coast Titans need the Sharkies and the Raiders to lose to get into the eight. And that is why when I said earlier when we were going over the scores, why the Titans are probably going to be kicking themselves about a couple matches they've had this season where they've lost really close games that could have easily got them into the top eight where we wouldn't be even having these discussions right now. So it is going to be interesting to see, um, but it has to start tonight with a Raiders win for us to start to really build that drama up going into the weekend of who's going to hold serve and who's going to falter. And I'm gonna when we go over the picks, we'll see. We'll see if I think there's going to be a lot of drama or not. Well, we've had another great in the game say that he's hanging up the boots at the end of the season. But just like his twin brother, Josh Morris is going to retire at the end of the season. And I think it's going to be strange not seeing those two twins running around uh, with their hunchback kind of running style, uh, but straight, incredible players. But he's saying that just the toll on his body is just too much. He's ready to hang it up. And, I, and, and let's be honest, he's been playing in the game with his twin brother for quite a long time, and it would be very strange to see only one of the Morris boys continue when the other one is retired. I think as long I, I think if Brett would have continued to play, I think Josh would have continued to play. But we've seen how his decline has happened since his brother got injured. Josh has not been the same player. 
without Brett there. And, and you know, like I said, we've there's been tons of talk and 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 science studies done about twins and and they're you know they're working together and being close to one another and all that. But it sounds like these guys have been already in talks about what they're going to do when they both retire. And it looks like they're getting into the brew business. So 2E Extra Dry, Triple X Gold, you guys better be careful and better watch your back because the Morris brothers are coming down the wings. So it sounds like you're going to be able to drink with the Morrises going forward. That being said, I just want to really say congratulations to an incredible career to Josh Morris and to his, his brother Brett. They're going to be missed. Uh, it's going to be really strange to watch matches where, where one or both of them aren't running around causing some, some damage and making some incredible tries and turning back father time. Now, I told you I was going to get into this big, big call that Wayne Bennett's having to make with the, the South Sydney Rabbitohs of who's going to take Latrell's spot in the full-pack position. And, it, and, it, and in a surprising move, we're going with a rookie. That's right. Clint Eastwood is going with a rookie. He's, lane, he's named Blake Taff as his fullback. And there's a lot of talk. I've heard Benji Marshall talk about him. There's a lot of talk that this kid is dynamic. This kid is explosive. And some people feel this kid could also put Latrell Mitchell back in the centers sooner than later. And you wonder if that happens. If, if, if he lights it up and adds a spice and a dynamic out of the fullback position when a lot of people are expecting them to roll over and die and just kind of, eh, it's over for the bunnies. But all of a sudden they catch life and he's made the, maybe one of the major contributors to this. The question is, a lot of people feel Latrell's a better center than he is a fullback. And will he get pushed back in that position? Now, I might be going a little further and, and, and really overstepping the bounds when I'm having this discussion, but it could happen. And what's been described about this kid and how he's fast, he's got quick twitch, meaning he, he's explosive, he can do a lot of things. I'm excited to see who this young man is and what he can bring for, to the spine and to the attack. And remember, he's not going to be able to do it this first round without Adam Reynolds and some key pieces missing uh, this weekend for the Bunnies. But there it is. We've got Blake Taff as your starting fullback for the South Sydney Rapitos. But that was the major stories. You know, I know, you know, we could talk about Adam Clune is going to be leaving the Dragons and he's getting ready to go back. He's getting ready to, he signed a deal to go to the Newcastle Knights. So that's a good pickup for the Knights to have a little bit of substance underneath uh, Clifford and, and Piercy, as long as Pierce stays anyway. But uh, besides that, very, very quiet which it usually is. As the season winds down and we get ready to go into playoffs, usually the only things that are happening are, are things that are transpiring from the games and the fallout from the games. But uh, kind of a slow week in the 40-20, but that's okay. We're going to pick it up as we come to the finals. Now let's go into these matches for round 25 and how we're going to end the season. And I told you, it starts tonight with the Raiders versus the Roosters. And this is, like I said, a key, key match. And this is where the drama is going to build if the Raiders can hold serve. Now, here's me, though. Here's your Shedadamas shutting stuff down early. I'm taking the Roosters to beat the Raiders, even though everyone says they're, they're depleted, they're beat up. But here's the thing. JWH is coming back this game. And I think JWH, Jerry Warrior Hargraves, is going to want 
to lay down the law to get the mindset right for the Roosters going to the playoffs. And I think that he's got so much built-up angst and aggression for being on the sidelines when Latrell did what he did to Manu last week. I think you're going to see an incredible game tonight between JWH. And I've got the Roosters beating the Raiders tonight or tomorrow morning. Friday, Sharks versus the Storm. Again, I said this is a rested Storm team. You know, you're not going to have Munster in there. You're resting quite a few guys. And the Sharks need this match. All of us know since 2016, this has been one of the most heated rivalries in the game. And I'm going with the Sharks. I'm going for the Sharks to upset. They're not going to have to go to Melbourne and beat, you know, the, the storm in their backyard. I've got the Sharks winning, locking down the eighth position. Friday night, we've got a rested Eels team coming off of their upset of the storm against a Panthers team that Ivan Cleary is putting is pushing all of his cards in the table. He's pushing all of his cards into the middle of the table. Putting all the chips in. Meaning he's playing a, a pretty much normal, dangerous Nathan Cleary, Jerome Luai, Brian Tao, Dylan Edwards back and forth. It is going to be a stacked, stacked, stacked Panthers team. And, and I don't know if the Eels can beat the Panthers with the full team. And they're not even playing a full team. So to me, an easy bet, you take the Panthers. Saturday, Broncos versus the Knights. I think they have been rested. I think the Knights have won six in a row with, with excuse me, five in a row. But six in a row with Pierce and Clifford in the halves. But I'm taking the Broncos. I think Kebby and the Broncos finish the season strong. They get a victory over the Knights. And now the talk goes to what the Broncos season is going to be like next year with Adam Reynolds coming in. So I've got the Broncos. Cowboys versus the Sea Eagles. I know they are saying Turbo is out this weekend. But I'm still saying that the Sea Eagles are going to be too much for the Cowboys. Even though the resurgence of North Queensland last week. I think that the Cowboys will be looking forward to Mad Monday. And I've got the Sea Eagles winning that. Rabbitohs versus the Dragons. I think we're going to, like I said, we're going to see Blake Taff in there. But I, I think that the Dragons, again, another team ready for Mad Monday. Uh, I've got the Rabbitohs, even though they're going to be resting players, dominating the Dragons. Titans versus the Warriors. Here's another match and another team and another showdown where one team season is going to finish. One team will be going back to New Zealand uh, to beat with their families for the first time in a year, a little bit less. Titans have everything to play for. Warriors don't. I've got the Warriors winning this. I have the Warriors coming out with a spirit to them that they want to end the season strong from their excitement of wanting to get home. And I have them beating a Titans team that has everything to play for. And then Sunday... Tigers at the Bulldogs. Boy, what a match this is going to be. This one, this one you might have to have at least three or four cocktails to get down and to get through. And I was going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But I have settled. And I don't know if you're going to be surprised. Shedheads, I have settled with the Canterbury Bulldogs to beat the Tigers 
and send probably Madge McGuire out with a loss under his belt. Uh, and I'm going to tell you something. The Tiger, if they, if the Tigers want to take any chance of keeping Madge there, they better beat the Bulldogs. Because the walking papers will be there by Monday if that doesn't happen. So, let's go over the picks. We've got the Roosters over the Raiders. Pan, excuse me, Sharks over the Storm. Panthers over the Eels. Broncos over the Knights. Sea Eagles over the Cowboys. Rabbitohs over the Dragons. Warriors over the Titans. And finally, Ty, excuse me, Bulldogs over the Tigers. Very exciting. Let's see what happens. I can't wait for round 25. Now, as we transition and we pivot, we come out of here and we give the don't argue to the NRL and move towards the AFL and the other code that we love. Finals week one. Not really much closeness in finals week one, but let's go over the scores. Port Adelaide 86, Geelong 43. The power dominate in front of about 20,000 at Adelaide Oval. Uh, it's, you know, you, ha- you you had Fantasia playing. It Port Adelaide looked very, very strong and looked very, very dangerous uh, to everybody in the competition. Giants 74, Swans 73. Typical derby. Typical derby. Uh, very much a game that was exciting. And really had that excitement towards the end of what could happen. Because the Swans just kept coming, kept coming, kept coming. And the question was, could GWS just keep them off for another minute? Another minute. Just one more minute. And they did. D's 93. Lions 60. The number one defense in the AFL shows up. The D's doing D's things. And putting the clamp down from hell over the Lions. Bulldogs 85, Bombers 36, a game that was 34-31 at half, a domination by the Dogs in the second half to keep the Essendon woes of finals drought since 2004 rolling down the track. And like I said, to start this off, it was really strange that we didn't have a lot of close games. Um, You know, I know some of them are close going into half, but it really... You know, I, I was really expecting a lot more tighter tussles from this weekend that we really, really didn't get. Um, the Swans really had a chance, though. Man, they had a chance. They had they kicked six behinds, I would say not late in the fourth quarter, but they just couldn't, they couldn't kick a goal. They couldn't buy a goal. And if they could have just kicked one goal of those last six behinds, they'd win the match. they win the match. And that, to me, was the key talking point of that match. It was just, it was very, very shocking to see, you know, even Buddy. Because I thought Buddy Franklin was going to kick that goal to really get them over the top. And they just couldn't finish it out. So, to see the Swans players crumble at the end of the game uh, was not surprising. Uh, The D's, again, showing defense wins championship in all sports. Because... They stifled a strong Brisbane Lions club. I'm saying they dominated in two key stats in the second, excuse me, in the match that tells you everything. Marks Marks inside 50 was 15 to 5, and they were 12 to 2 in contested marks. And I'm going to say something. That victory that they had over the Lions really validated their number one ranking going into the finals and their minor premiership because it was a stellar performance by the D's. 
and something that I think gives them a bolster of confidence going forward. And again, to me, the craziest match, even though the scoreboard doesn't look crazy, was that Dogs versus Bombers collision. Uh, The Bombers, to me, were the better side in the first half, even though the scoreboard didn't say that. It was, like I said, 34-31 at half. And then what the hell happened in the second half? Well, I, 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 like I said, I guess not, not many of us in our lifetime have seen this, but the Dogs kick eight goals in the second half and the Bombers kick zero. The Bombers are the first club to go goalless in the second half since the Geelong Cats did it in 1956. They couldn't, get a, they couldn't buy a goal. They couldn't even get a goal in the last play of the game. Stringer, the ex-Bulldog, misses that one as well. It was it was fascinating. A team that was playing so well that that a lot of people said were dominating and playing the, the better better brand of football in the first half just fell away. And the misery continues. I'm saying it's been since 2004 since the proud Essendon Bombers have won a finals game. That's that's insane. That's almost as bad as the Cowboys not winning the Super Bowl since 96. That's how bad this is. That's how crazy this is. So, you know, it, it's sad to say, but it doesn't surprise me, um, you know, that again, the Bulldogs did what the Bulldogs, because they were one of the best teams all season in the AFL. So we're starting a new a new segment on Outside the Sheds. We've got the 40-20 for the news uh, for the NRL and, and, and Rugby League. And our new segment is On the Mark. And that is where we're just going to go over the top stories in the AFL. And that one starts with a big one. Because I'd say the biggest thing coming out of the Swannies versus the Giants match was Toby Green. And which is sad because, you know, this incident was not even during play. But the AFL Tribunal has found Toby Green guilty for making intentional contact with an umpire and handing down a three-match ban. And Toby Green doing Toby Green things. Because he did. He bumped the official. I don't know how anybody can say that he didn't aim right for him to collide with him with his shoulder. I don't know if he just has brain snaps. If he just doesn't, if he says to hell with it and says Toby Green does what Toby Green wants to do. But... This is Green's 22nd charge in 176 games and probably cost GWS a chance to to winning the flag. You know, they weren't the favorites to win it anyway, but to me, it's like Latrell being out for the Bunnies. They're not winning this with Toby Green missing. They're just not. Just like Richmond's not going to win a premiership or, or a flag with Dusty Martin out. Toby Green. And the crazy thing is the AFL wants an even harsher penalty and they're going to they're going to after the season because they can't contest it till after the season try to get Toby Green even more games missed. So again, Toby Green is his own worst enemy and we'll see if he can ever fix that. Collingwood, all my Magpies fans out there, you have a new coach because the Collingwood Magpies has named Hawthorne assistant coach Craig McCray as their new coach, a three-year deal. McCray, a lot of people remember, uh, won three flags with the Brisbane Lions as a player. 
and he comes from a stellar, I guess, post-playing career as an assistant, and most notably uh, being the assistant with the Hawthorne Hawks. So we'll see what direction he steers the Magpies to. And I know that Pies fans, you guys have been clamoring for some for some flags and for some competition for a while. Um, it's just it seems so long ago. You guys losing that grand final against the West Coast Eagles when you had the ball and the game really, I guess, in the palm of your hand and somehow found a way to lose it. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what McRae does and some some tough decisions he's going to have to make. So congratulations to Craig McRae to being the new skipper at the Pies. And in finals news that could have some big, big implications on matches, Brisbane forward Dan McStay is out of the side for this weekend's clash against the Doggies. Uh, it was kind of a violent hit that he had with his own teammate uh, taking a knee to the face, but he has been ruled out. I don't know if it's because of concussion protocol or from head trauma, but he will not play this weekend against the Dogs. Uh, now, the mystery, truthfully, is who's going to replace him in the side. And it looks like right now they're leaning towards Connor Ballenden, but I think it's up for consideration. I don't think there's been a full, this guy is going to be playing in the side. He's our guy, and that's who we're going with. So it's going to be interesting to see what the Lions do, and it's going to be tough for them to come over and, and come on across and over the top of a team that looks like they might be back in form with those doggies. So let's go into finals week two, the matches that we've got. We've got Friday, and don't forget, both of these matches will be on Fox Sports 1 or 2 this weekend. So you'll be able to watch both the matches. We've got Friday, the Cats versus the Giants. And I think with Toby Green out, like I told you, I think it's hard to say and hard to bet against him. I've got Geelong beating the Giants. Saturday, Western Bulldogs versus the Brisbane Lions up at the GABA. And again, I think that McStay loss to the Lions and, and the Bulldogs coming into form, I'm taking the Doggies. So we've got Geelong over Greater Western Sydney, and I've got the Dogs over the Lions at the GABA on Saturday. Now going into the guns for this week, uh, it was a tough it was a tough call because, like I said, I could pick Turbo every week. Brian Tao's return was tough not to pick, but I went with three. And the one, my number one gun was Jordan Rapana. We talked about him earlier. One try, four for five for conversions, 286 running meters, two line breaks, one try assist, 12 tackle breaks, and two tackles made. It was good to see Jordan Rapana rolling, running into form, coming into form uh, when his team really needed him. And I'll tell you this right now, if they're going to beat the Chooks, Rapana's going to have to have a huge game this weekend, or excuse me, in a matter of hours, against the Sydney Roosters. My number two, Cody Whiteman, Waitman, however you want to say his last name, uh, for the Western Bulldogs, four goals, 12 disposals, nine kicks, two marks, two tackles, and 188 meters gained. To me, the reason I picked Cody was he kicked two key back-to-back goals that gave separation and let the dogs get a little bit of breathing room 
in their match against the Essendon Bombers. And those two goals, to me, kind of knocked the wind out of the sails of the Essendon Bombers, and it put the doggies at ease and let them and let them really, really relax and concentrate in their game under the heavy rainfall that they were playing in. So, Cody, you're the first dog that's been picked. Number three, Mark Nichols, the man that has now been named this weekend as the captain for the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Two tries, 245 running meters, two line breaks, four tackle breaks, and 18 tackles made. Once again, just a feel-good story. A guy that's battled very, very hard to get into the side, to get into the NRL. Now been named captain for his team for this coming week, and has now cost skin on his really good mate who's now got to get a tattoo of a goat with his name on it because he got two tries uh, in a in an NRL match. So congratulations to Mark Nichols. That's some huge, huge results. And it's awesome, awesome, awesome to see players really step into form and get to get that public viewing of how good of players they can be. Now, as I go in outside the bubble, I just have one question. Is anybody looking for a quarterback? Anybody? Anybody looking for a quarterback? Because one's available, and that quarterback is Cam Newton. In a very surprising move, Bill Pel- excuse me, Bill Belichick, the hoodie, has waived, released Cam Newton, and is going to go with Mac Jones. That's right. The 2015 MVP of the NFL, Cam Newton, has been released for a rookie that has not played anything since Alabama. Looked good in the preseason, but one thing you know, being an NFL, college football, football fan, gridiron fan, is that the preseason is one thing, the regular season is another. And that is a big, big gamble for the hoodie to make, to, to not just make Cam your number two, but to release him altogether. And then also release another backup in Brian Hoyer. So I don't know if that means that Stidham is or is going to be the back. I don't know. But Mac Jones, your era has begun for the New England Patriots. Now, after Hurricane Ida has pummeled the state of Louisiana, the New Orleans Saints has come out and said that their season opener will be in Jacksonville against the Green Bay Packers. And it's really crazy, almost 16 16 years to the date of Hurricane Katrina, Louisiana is hit again, and the Saints are again a gypsy organization that's going to have to go on the road to play for a while. So, man, people in Louisiana, we're thinking about you. Saints, uh, play strong. You got yourself a new starting quarterback, but it's really sad to see that they're not going to be able to play at least the first four weeks they're already talking about. Uh, back in NOLA. Now, we talk about COVID on here. We're not we're not scared to say the C word. We're not scared to say get vaccinated. We're not scared to say that hoaxes are not hoaxes, uh, that people win elections. I'm not afraid to say that. You know that, shedheads. We don't pull punches here on Outside the Sheds. Your Shedadamas fears no man. Your Shedadamas fears no man. But in some really crazy news, the New York Knicks... The Brooklyn Nets and the Golden State Warriors have said that their players won't be allowed in home arenas without vaccinations. 
And I think this is really, really a huge development because you've got a lot of players in the NFL that are trying to make stances. You know, you got Kirk Cousins who will probably cost himself uh, a leadership role with the Vikings with his stance over his vaccination, saying he'd rather be encased in plastic than get vaccinated. That's real leadership material. And But to say that your own players won't be able to play at home without a vaccination because of um, some of the rules in the state for San Francisco and New York is really some huge development. And I think you're going to see this more and more. I'm saying Urban Meyer has come out and admitted that some of the cuts he made for the Jacksonville Jaguars were on players that were not vaccinated. And I think that you've got to come to terms that even though the country tries to act like nothing is going on that we need to be worried about, COVID is more dangerous right now in the United States than it was back in its first wave, even its second wave. And it's here still, folks. I hope you're vaccinated. I just had a very, 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 very dear friend of mine lose his father yesterday due to COVID. And thinking about you, my friend, I don't say names on here about certain people because that's personal, right? But I'm thinking about you. But it's real, folks. I'm vaccinated. My wife's vaccinated. You know, most of my really close friends are vaccinated. I just don't want anyone to pass away from this when you just have to take a jab. And that doesn't even mean that we aren't, you know, that we can't get COVID. It just means that you have a better chance to fight it. That's all it means. I don't know. Like I said, everyone keeps saying because it seems like I'm offending someone if I don't, if I don't say that it's your decision, it's your personal decision. Yeah, that's right. It's also your personal decision to speed. It's also your personal decision if you don't want to if you want to swim with great white sharks in the middle of the ocean. It's a personal decision. But when when science tells you one thing, don't try to say that it's lying. Don't try to say just say it's your personal decision. But again, if something happens to you, you know, I, I'm not really here to cry at your grave or to feel sorry for you. You had a chance. You had the science. And, you know, for whatever reason, you don't want to listen to it. There's my soapbox. But I think that it's really strange. And I told people this. These multi-billionaires who own these organizations and franchises, they're not going to not get paid because you want to make a political stance or you want to say it's my body. Because they can say, that's fine. I'm just going to find somebody else. Who wants to do with their body what I need? You can go. Bye. And I think that's what you're seeing. So big, big decisions. I think we're going to see more decisions like this from teams. I think you're going to see in college sports, uh, players being recruited differently if they've been vaccinated or not. So uh, welcome to sport, the sporting world in the year of 2021. But that brings to a close this week's episode of Outside the Shed, Shedheads. Um... I hope you guys really take the time to find what you need to find this weekend. A lot of these matches are on TV. Um, I know that the Cronulla match is on TV. I know the Raiders match tonight is on TV. And like I said, both for sure AFL matches. And the other match that they're having is uh, the Eels versus the Panthers. So those are the three NRL matches that are going to be on TV here in the States. But try to find these matches. But like I always tell you guys every week, stay out of trouble. Don't get caught. Embrace this excitement, folks. We don't have a lot to be excited for right now in this world. But embrace your excitement. Take a jab in the arm and stay safe. But until next week, I am Corey Jackson. Stay safe. This has been Outside the Sheds. See ya. 
And that was another fantastic episode of Outside the Sheds with Corey Jackson, talking all things NRL, AFL, and all things sports. So please remember to smash the subscribe button and share this with your family and friends and show them what Australian sport is all about.